into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McClain here alongside Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. We sent Jason Shepard to Big 12 Media Days with a few questions we came up with for the players and coaches, and we're starting with El Jefe Kalani Satake talking about his hidden talents, pregame rituals, and how he unwinds after a stressful day. Plus, BYU punter Ryan Rico talks superpowers, his almost perfect bowling game, and which career punt stands out to him the most. But first, here in Utah, we celebrate Pioneer Day on July 24th to honor those who journeyed across the plains and established our state. Cleon and I will tell you who we think should be considered the top six pioneers of BYU sports, three women and three men. Cleon, do you think you could have been a pioneer and made it across the plains? Ooh, uh, if my life was on the line, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> if your life was on the line. Well, yeah, I'm going to try. I'm not just going to like yeah. give up. So, But if my life's on the line, yeah. And I'd probably say yes if I was a much younger man. But right now, I guess a solid maybe. I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a hunter. I'm not a fisher. I'm not really a handyman. I mean, to be honest with you, in yeah. my household... The handy person is my wife. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have gotten Sounds a lot of a lot like my household. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten a lot of sleep. Uh, shoes were not great back then. I mean, if you, I think if you took me like me right now and placed me back in 1846, yeah. 1847, I would have been a wreck. I probably would have died on a trail. <laughs> but I probably would have survived if given the right training, and, and maybe if they would have given me an air mattress or a cot or something like that. Which they wouldn't, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they wouldn't have done that. And in back in the day, you would have been a hunter or a fisher or something. You would have had more skills, right? True, you would have been true. forced to have more skills. But regardless, here, listen, so with our church, they do trek. And my husband is of the belief that he said, I think the pioneers are rolling over in their graves. Like, we died, so you guys didn't have to do this. Why are you <laughs> why are you doing this? That's his that's his view on it. But yes, luckily they did that so we didn't have to. And let's let's uh turn it over to sports. There's so many incredible coaches and athletes that have come through BYU and paved the way for future generations. And here, Cleon are our top six whom we think have made the biggest impact on BYU athletics. Number one for me is Elaine Michaelis. You can't talk about BYU women's sports history without mentioning Elaine Michaelis in the same breath. She helped develop the female athletics program at BYU and across the nation, not just at BYU. I love this about her. She played volleyball, basketball, softball for the BYU Cougars, which was probably a lot easier to do. It was a lot less intensive back then. But then she was the head coach for four different sports at BYU, softball, field hockey, which I didn't even know they had a field hockey team, by the way, basketball, and volleyball from 1961 to 2002. She's most known for coaching the women's volleyball team. She's had 23 titles and won the inaugural championships in each of BOU's five volleyball leagues. That's just incredible. Then she was named the director of women's intercollegiate athletics from 1995 to 2004. And of course, the Smith Fieldhouse Court was named after her. So Elaine Michaelis is number one for me as one of the pioneers of BYU athletics. The number one guy that we're going to deal with, uh, well, he has a stadium named after him. Uh, he's Lavelle Edwards. 
So yeah, I'd call him a pioneer. Not to one up you, Elaine. Yeah, but, uh... no, no offense to Elaine, uh, but <laughs> he, he's the guy who led BYU football to prominence. It's not like he was the guy who founded BYU football because BYU football had been going for a long time by the time Lavelle Edwards started. But he took the team from an also ran into a team that people talked about. You could even say in some portions uh, a national power or at least a team that was known nationally. He was the guy who allowed the passing game to flourish. He knew that was his ticket to making BYU successful, and he found guys that would make it work, not only on the field, but also uh, coaches that would make it work because he was a defensive coach. Um, But he knew that passing was going to be his ticket to making BYU a really good program. He was a steady influence throughout the years. He built the program up, had some really good teams in the early and mid-80s. You could even say some in the late 80s and a few good teams in the 90s too. But he was just a steadying influence throughout the whole entire time. Uh, there's, you know what? There's so much we could say about him. But if it weren't for him, would be why you even still have a football team, Lauren? Yeah, I, I don't know. And I wonder. I, as you're talking, I, I'm thinking Lavelle up in heaven, and I wonder if he's like, you guys need to stop mentioning my name so much. Yeah, he was a <laughs> humble dude. He really was. He really was, but he's the no-brainer. He's just the no-brainer. When you think BYU football, you think Lavelle Edwards. And not just us, but people around the country. Everyone has a connection to Lavelle. In the in the coaching world, you go anywhere, and I'm sure you've noticed this, Cleon, as you've traveled the country recently, um, learning about stories in the Big 12. But I feel like almost every team has a connection to Lavelle Edwards, and it's just an incredible thing. So he definitely is the pioneer and even BYU football. Even at... Even at media days for the Big 12, he kept getting brought up with different coaches. Yeah. Oh, I remember those teams. Oh, I remember Coach Edwards. I had this experience with him. So, I mean, even this, I mean, he retired. Think about this, Lauren. He retired 23 years ago, and we're still mm-hmm. talking about Lavelle Edwards and the impact right. he had on BYU and college football. So, pretty cool. Helps that he's such a good guy. All right, the the next one, the next female pioneer for us is Jennifer Rockwood and she is still at BYU how cool is that you can be a pioneer and still be flourishing in the present the first and only women's soccer coach at BYU and has turned the BYU program soccer program into a consistent national powerhouse she is BYU soccer Cleon 22 appearances in the NCAA tournament in 25 years and she's brought about 10 All-Americans. She's been so close to a national championship, and I just really want it to happen for her before she decides to retire. And we've talked about this before, and I'm going to say it again. They need to name Southfield after her already. Let's not wait for her to retire, because I don't know when that's going to happen. Southfield has to be um, Rockwood Field. That's such a cool name, too. Yeah, it would be Let's a really cool Rockwood, name. Do you think Rockwood she'd like Field. that, though? I, I don't. I, I think. I think she. I think she'd be kind of like Lavella. She'd be honored, but it's just like, uh, really, do you have to do that? But it, it should be done. Southfield. But let, let's admit, Southfield's kind of boring. It's a boring name. Uh, my number two guy here, when it comes to uh, pioneers, I'm going to go with Stan Watts. He. Uh, You know, there there have been a lot of BYU basketball coaches over the years, and a lot of them had success in different years, but no one beats Stan when it comes to longevity or the peaks of success. He was the coach for BYU for 23 years. He won two NIT titles back when the NIT actually meant something. It was kind of like an NCAA title. You know, they, Mm -hmm. they used to have the NCAA tournament, 
It was very small back then. And and then they had the NIT, which was in New York, and they won two different ones. And it's not like he won back-to-back years. He won one, I think it was like in 1951, and another one in 1966. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he lots of good longevity there and lots of good teams. He liked up-tempo basketball. He wrote the book Developing an Offensive Attack in Basketball in 1958. It was a standard manual on fast-break offense. From 1965 to 1966, Watts' Cougars scored more than 100 points 21 times and at least 95 points 32 times. I would have loved to have watched those teams. I love yeah. fast break basketball. I like lots of scoring in basketball. I like good defense too, but I really like it when teams move up and down the floor. Uh, he coached so many good players, including Kresmir Chosic. You know, he coached almost exclusively at Smithfield House. His last season was at the Marriott Center. Could you say he and his teams were the reason that the Marriott Center was built? I'm sure there were a lot of reasons why the Marriott Center was built if you go back in the archives, but I think basketball has to be a big portion of that. So that's why I say Stan Watts is one of the pioneers of BYU sports. And you know what? The Marriott Center could be renamed the Watts Center. That would actually be really cool. It would be. You could do a play. You could do a play off of that in many ways, right? Like Watts, like light bulbs and electricity, and <laughs> yeah, that could happen. No, I, I love that pick. He he really was an incredible coach. Did did amazing things. Uh, BYU's been lucky to have so many pioneers, honestly, that to to bring them to where they're at right now. My last female, and I hate to even say the last female because there have been so many that have paved the way for BYU to get to where they're at. But the one that kept coming back to my brain is Diljeet Taylor who is very young and is still a coach at BYU, a new coach at BYU. But she's the first non-LDS head coach, and she's a minority, which that's a a pioneering effort in and of itself. She's aided several runners to national championships in her short time here. She got here in 2016 and a team cross-country title in 2021. She's received a handful in those few years of Coach of the Year awards, And like I said, she's only been at BYU since 2016. She established Run For Her, which has inspired not just BYU athletes, but girls all over the country. She's so cool, Cleon, that she's individually sponsored by Nike. BYU is a Nike school, but DLG Taylor is sponsored by Nike. So, like, they give her stuff, so she'll wear it all around. She speaks at Nike events. She's just an incredible person, an incredible woman, an incredible coach. And I think even in those short, how many years has it been? Four, five, six, seven years that she's been at BYU. She's already done some pioneering efforts, and um, I think everyone's better for it. No, I I totally agree. My honorable mention kind of goes along the same lines. Can I just say, my honorable mention would be Clarence Robison. He was a track athlete at BYU in the 40s, and then he started coaching the BYU track team from in 1949. He was the coach for 40 years, had lots of great athletes here. The track complex here at BYU is named after him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I sometimes think that people like Coach Robison and also Coach Taylor, that uh, I think I think back when Coach Robison was doing it, we weren't giving enough credit to the Olympic sports. And then we have someone right. like Coach Taylor come along. And, and we're seeing that people are getting more noticed for the great things they are doing. And Coach Taylor is doing great things for the BYU's cross-country and track teams. And so, yes, I, I, I would agree she deserves to be one of the pioneers just because of being the first non-LDS coach. And she has no problem coaching here, and she's had amazing athletes who've wanted to be here, not only at BYU, but be coached by her. And it's just, it's, it's right. a really nice marriage, actually, between the two. 
I agree. I agree. Who's your Who's your last guy that you got as a pioneer? So my last one is... <laughs> that sounded so weird. Yeah. My last one is going to be Gary Scheide. He's the guy who started the BYU quarterback factory. He only played two years at BYU, but he made a huge impact. He was number three in the in the country in yards passed in 1973. In 1974, he was tied for the lead in touchdowns thrown. Neither year... Uh, would you find that to be a record now? Because I think the year he won the touchdown title or tied for the touchdown title, it was 23 touchdowns that year, 23 Mm. touchdowns passed. But he was the guinea pig. He was the guy who really started the offense going when it came to, you know, more and more passing. And if you look at the guys and the the guys who followed him with their passing statistics, we got guys like Gifford Nielsen, Mark Wilson, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Robbie Bosco. They all pop up because they had great careers and set records of passing. And they also had success on the football field too. And the, you know, and then we have Ty Detmer. He won the Heisman Trophy. And John Walsh, yes, he actually led the nation in passing one year. All because you could say going back to Gary Scheide being the guinea pig um, in the new offense that Lavelle Edwards was trying to create. And he has such a great story of how he ended up at BYU and how Lavelle reached out to him. I, and I love Gary. He's just one of the best human beings that you will ever meet. And he definitely is one of the pioneers of BYU football. It was the football team's rise to prominence in the 70s that was the start of making BYU a national brand and putting it on the path to become a nationally recognized name. From Lavelle down to Kalani, who is now leading the team into the realm of Power Fives, Jason Shepard was in Arlington, Texas for the Big 12 Media Days last week, and he asked Kalani a few questions for us that the other media members might not have been asking. Here's the interview. All right. You have a very high-stress job. Everybody's focusing on on what you do in your team. I want to know what Kalani Satake does to unwind. Unwind? Yeah. What do you do to get away from it? Well, first of all, I, I love what I do. And so, I mean, I... I, I am a fan first, and so I remember what it was like for me as a young boy to meet Lavelle Edwards and the players back then, and then I got to play for Lavelle, and now I'm the head coach. So the, everything that I do, it's just like this is a dream for me. So I, I don't ever, uh, I don't ever, uh, you know, for me, I don't, I don't think I can ever um, show more appreciation than just being happy with what I do and the people that I get to interact with. But. If it's talking about me unwinding, I mean, I, I like spending time with my family, and I just, uh, it doesn't matter, but I like to eat, so <laughs> anytime you can focus vacations around eating. Yeah. Like, it's a good vacation to me is you go a nice spot, but they have to have food there, too, yeah. and that makes it that makes it a great vacation. Okay, so <laughs> I, like, I, I know you like many different foods, but yeah. what's your go-to? Like, if, if you uh, have your choice and it's, this is the one, what is it? Probably like plate lunch stuff, like, okay. like Hawaiian barbecue. That's my stuff. So, you, and and anything that with high carbs <laughs> and, and and a lot of protein, and I'm yeah. like, I'm good. All right, not, yeah. There's nothing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Okay, so you touched on liking to spend time with your family. So we've obviously, because of your children, have seen uh, some videos of you dancing. Mm-hmm. That's that's been put out there. So I don't know if that's considered a hidden talent because we've seen it. Do you have any hidden talents? I mean, I don't know if they're talents, but I like to do stuff. So I like to sing and I like to dance. I, I never said that I was good at any of those things, <laughs> you know, but um, I just like to have fun. And so anytime there's something that, that, that's fun, I, I want to try it. Um, and and I, I don't mind failing at it. So if it's going to make people smile then it, and, and I embarrass myself, then it's okay. Do you have any pregame rituals? Do you do anything before a game? 
uh, I, I'm usually more just kickback and just and, and I'm having fun as much as I can. I, I think um, nerves do things to people and, and they prepare different ways. But for me, I can't really just sit still. <laughs> so I got to get up and move around, say hi to the guys, yeah. and, and um, yeah, that time before a game, it just t- it seems like it takes forever. So whenever it gets close to, you know under an hour then I get really really excited it's probably a little different but was it the same way for you when you were a player as well yeah and then different players did I mean we had teammates that would take a quick nap before we go on the field and I don't know how they can do that (laughs) guys that would read and guys that would listen to music and I I'm good at doing it all but I don't have any like uh, rituals other than I I call my wife whether she's at the game or at home Uh, so whether we're home or on the road I call her just to check in with her uh, usually um, around an hour and a half before the game and then again right before we go out. So I just, I just have to check in with, with uh, my loved ones and then you know, just communicate with them. Just remember what, you know, what I do this all for is just to have fun and, and want to make my family proud. Everybody knows how much Coach Edwards meant to you and you've talked about how you would love to emulate him as a head coach. I, I, I'm curious Besides Coach Edwards, and I know you've mentioned Kyle Whittingham as well as, as coaches that have had an influence on you, do you try to to mimic what you've seen? Do you try with the guys that you really look up to? How do you try and implement them but still be yourself? Well, I think that's what Lavelle told me when I got into coaching. It's it's, it's one of the best lessons. I said that I wanted to be the Polynesian Lavelle, and he was still alive at the time, so he called me. He's like don't say that anymore I'm like okay yes sir and he's just like just be yourself and um so I I I like learning from mentors and appreciating things that they've done for me and so like you know Andy Reid there's great leaders that I know friends and my father and my my wife and and Tom Homo there's great people around me that that have great insight and that are that have great intellect and so for me I'm just trying to uh, learn as much as I can from everyone and then try to apply it to what we can do with our program. But um, I'm a better person because I get to hang out with great people, including yourself. You oh, know, it's just like, it's, it's, very just, nice. it's just, it's, a, and I, you, you could probably say the same thing. It's like you, you go to work, but then you go to a place where you're influenced by so many different people in a positive way, and it makes you a better person. And so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I, I, I could take, I could get all the help <laughs> I, can, I can, I can, I'll take all the help I can get. And so in that, in that aspect, I'm just really excited to be here. and, and just honored that there's so many people that I could turn to for advice and, and for guidance. Um, but yeah, that, and, and but I can also do it within who I am and keep my personality, my yeah. identity. All right, last thing, Kalani, and, and I know you, you don't like things to be about you, but I'm curious with what BYU is now undertaking and with the Big 12 now a reality, what does it mean to you to be the man at the helm of this program taking this step? Yeah, it, it, I'm very honored. And so, uh, you know, that, that I get get to be a part of this and that uh, this journey and this uh, new step into new new opportunities and um, you know the, the the my mindset keeps going back to the, me as a young boy and that uh, I never thought I could see this coming where I would play for Lavelle one day and then be the head coach <laughs> so yeah it's just a great great experience and I love it, and so I, I'm uh, very thankful, and a lot of people work hard to get me here, and I just want to make them proud. 
you're a good man, and I appreciate the time. Thanks, Kalani. Appreciate it, Chef. Coming up, is he the most athletic punter in college football? He might be. His teammates think so. BYU's Ryan Rico sits down with Jason Shepard to get to know the man behind the big boot. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. BYU Athletics is now officially a part of the Big 12, which could be considered a pioneering effort in and of itself. BYU football is picked to finish 11th in its first season in the conference. Is this good or bad or does it matter, Cleon? I think it's it's expected. I mean, I, I don't know. Were you hoping or were you thinking they would be chosen higher? Because I wasn't. I, I When no. I saw, oh, yeah, they were picked 11th out of 14 teams, I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. Meaning, I think that's what people expected. I mean, what, what did you expect mm-hmm. after what we saw from BYU last season? And that's kind of what people have to go off of. And there are so many changes, Lauren, with this BYU football team. New defensive staff, lots of guys coming in through the transfer portal, also guys going out through the transfer portal. We really don't know how good this football team will be. I, I think we see the potential because of what guys have done at other universities or what some of the guys have done here. But we just don't know who this team will be. And guys, the the people who vote on these things, they're going to go with the known commodities. We know Texas is going to be tough. We expect Oklahoma to bounce back. Kansas State is going to be tough again. Texas Tech is a sleeper to win the conference. UCF played well last year in the AAC. I think people picking the conference title race are going to going with the known commodities and then kind of guessing at where the newcomers will what the newcomers will bring with their final year of independence or in the ACC, meaning BYU and those other teams. I think though we're always going to remember this team, no matter how well they do, or at least something about this team. I I, I mean I finally remember the season BYU. Uh, hired Gary Croton uh, because it was my first year helping out broadcasting on the radio. It was a memorable one with Luke Staley. I remember Bronco Mendenhall taking over in 2005. That team started out one and three, and then they end up six and six and going to a bowl game. It, it was there was even a memorable loss against Utah that year. I will say that it was a it was a fun game. I even remember BYU's first year in the Mountain West after breaking away from the WAC, or or maybe it's that I just really remember those bib uniforms. There's there, <laughs> there's always a memory from like a big change, and I, I think it will be no different this season. I think those bib uniforms are blurred out in my mind. <laughs> I think my brain's like, those are so bad that I don't even ever want you to think about them again. <laughs> I think they we should bad. bring them back for one game. One game and one game only. Oh, let's not. Let's not, yeah. But we can go we can go into that in a different episode of why we absolutely should not do that. Um, you mentioned Bronco Mendenhall taking over. I, that's something I'm always going to remember when BYU went independent. It was so dramatic back then. It's like, BYU's not going to be in a conference. But look where it brought BYU. Little stepping stones to get where they ultimately wanted to be. And with that being said, don't you love that saying? With that being said, reminds me of all the <laughs> guys in the transfer portal. I think BYU football's preseason ranking at 11 is a great spot. I think... They can only meet or exceed those expectations. I don't think much can taint this first season unless BYU loses every single game, which they're not going to do. But I think we as fans just need to enjoy the ride this season, soak it all in, enjoy the handful of wins, and give the Cougars room to improve as the years go on. Um, A guy that will be a big part of that journey is BYU's 6'6 punter, Ryan Rico. We get to know a lot more about him thanks to Jason Shepard, including who on the football team he would not let babysit his future children. Here's the interview. All right, I'm going to come out firing with the really important question. That question being superpowers. 
Ooh. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? I'm, I feel very strongly about my answer. I'm very curious to know where you go with this. Okay, superpower? Yes. It's kind of like basic, maybe typical, but I feel like super speed. Oh, okay. There's a lot of things you could do with that, and I think it, it might get overlooked. Okay. Even though it's pretty common. Yes, okay. I'm a fly guy. I would yeah. want to fly. Yeah. I, I just think that when you think of superpowers, to me, that's the ultimate, is the flying. Agreed, agreed. Yes. Okay, all right. We're in the same ballpark. Yeah. Super speed. Similar, similar. I would just fly really fast. You would run yes. really fast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So when you when you're away from from football, what are you doing? What do you do to unwind? Oh, well, I'm married, so right. spending time with the wife, number one number one thing, number one priority. But way to get that in. Yes. Getting points. Gotta, right gotta get that one for Hadley. Um, <laughs> but honestly, we do like we're watching TV shows. We love to go out. I'm working at a golf course right now, so. Sure. We'll go out to the golf course. Like as a caddy? No, what? I wish. That would be, I don't know if I'm good enough to be a caddy. I just do like the grounds. Okay. So I'm on lines, getting a little bit of a tan. Ooh. Sunburn most of the time. We like we like the tan though when that comes in. But uh, yeah, I get free golf out there. So okay. as often as we can get out there, that's what we're doing right now during the summer. Okay, and you're a bowler though too, right? Yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so what's the, have you ever had a perfect game? No. Okay, what's the best game you've ever had? Best game was like a 274. 274 was my best. Really? Game. Yeah, so it was close. Wow. It was close, but there's a couple couple little mistakes in there that kept me from that perfect game. So like if Cougar fans are over at the Wilk, are they gonna see you doing like cosmic bowling yeah. over at the <laughs> Hey, once upon a I did I did take a bowling class in the Wilk. Okay. That was definitely good to like brush up on the skills, but yeah, back back in high school, during the summers we had these passes that would get us in for free. Yeah. We were there all day, every day. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is gonna let me know how serious of a bowler you are. Do you own the wrist brace? I don't. I don't own the wrist brace, but that's because I don't need it. Oh, so, oh. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. There, there's, there's that All one. All right, I like that, I like <laughs> that. Okay, do you have a favorite punt? Oh. Does there, do you have a punt that's still like, yeah, that may be my best? On any level? I think, like obviously the one against Arizona State, the 83 yarder, yep. like, that was about as clean as I could kick it. Yeah. Great situation, like really open field. Um, but honestly, I think, I wanna say it was my second or third punts against Utah, where I like dropped it on the one, backspin, and just kind of set up our defense. That was one of those where I was like, that was pretty sweet. That and was- And it's Utah. Exactly, and it's like biggest game, crowds are going nuts. So I think those two are the ones okay. that still like, I really love those moments. Okay, so now this has been one of the questions I've asked everybody I've talked to. This has been kind of, this is one people have had some fun with. If you ever needed a babysitter for your kids one day, okay, okay who's the one teammate you would absolutely not want to be the babysitter? Oh, would not? Oh, man. Let's see. Mo I will tell you this as you're thinking. A lot of the answers have been very close friends of the players. And the reason is they are afraid that the stories that they would tell about their dad to the kids would that's be. That's true. So that's kind of where some have gone. Okay. Where, where would you go? Who's the guy Man, that you would not want to be If the that's the case, it would be Tyler Batty. Because me and, me and Batty, like, we were roommates for like two, two, three years. We got a lot of stories, a lot of things that we, we were able to do together that yeah. were like, eh, I don't know if we tell our kids that. But, uh, Man, if that was the case, just pure stories along yes. Batty. If not, I don't know why it comes to mind, but Hobbs, just because Hobbs is like, I feel like he's just the extreme. Like he's gonna go out and do some fun stuff. And like my kids are gonna get hooked on that. They're like, 
I'm gonna go back to Hobbs. Like he's he's just way too fun. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, I don't know if I could could open their eyes to that. Okay. I see. I got to know Hobbs really well when he was part of the BYU baseball team. Yeah. So I got to know him really well with with that. Hobbs is a great guy. Yeah. yeah I love Hobbs. He's a good love guy. Hobbs. All right. Let's wrap up with this. And this is this is certainly more football related. What's what's this like? Finally being here and part of this conference now. Yeah. I think. I remember, like, when I was getting recruited, there was rumors of us joining the Big 12 yep. back then. And so I remember, like, looking up all the stadiums, like, oh, we could play at this venue, this venue. Um, and so now the fact we're in the conference, we're going to be playing some, like, historic, awesome teams every single week. Uh, that just, like, it just gets me pumped for the season. Like, there's going to be some big stages that we're going to be able to go show what we can do not only as individuals, but the school as well, the team that we are. Uh, it's just... You just get excited for it. It's, it's, we're, we're pumped. Ryan, great stuff, man. Good Thank luck this so year. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Kalani Satake, Ryan Rico, and Jason Shepard for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio. Yeah.